today we have Joanna. I am yes. so excited to finally kind of sit down and chat with you. I feel like I've been following you in your career. Since I moved back uh, from New York City, I feel like you've just been a, you know, an epic person here in Chicago, and I'm so excited to finally meet you and kind of learn from you as well. So oh, you. thank you so much for joining. You just, yeah, you're, you for seem, having me. Yes, you seem so awesome. Um, so to start, I really, I think I want to start with Oak Street Social, because that's kind of how I found you, was through Oak Street yeah. Social. So okay. I guess if you could just tell the audience more about your company and kind of how that came about. Sure. Um, so Oak Street Social uh, is eight years old. Um, we specialize in social media marketing and that came at a time where people were starting to invest in social media, but it was nowhere near as comprehensive as it is now. Um, and it is a job beyond one individual. So we knew we didn't want to be everything to everyone. And so we never took on PR. We never took on events. We just wanted to be really dynamic at one thing and that was social media which includes strategy photography video of course execution um all of the social advertising and listening and analytics so it's really a one-stop shop for brands of all sizes and we've had the good fortune of working with amazing brands solopreneurs in and outside of chicago in and outside of the country so it's just been a really fun ride and even coming out of 2020 i'm very grateful that we all survived seriously that's amazing yeah. um and i feel like especially if you started this eight years ago that was probably you're right that was right before everything kind of like skyrocketed off um yeah. just from my experience because when i was an agent in new york it was i was doing primarily commercial print and then i started kind of trickling you know dabbing my fingers into the influencer market and i was like this right. was a whole new thing starting to come about and now as we see it's kind of an oversaturated market right now but eight years ago i mean you really were one of the first probably agencies in chicago doing that yeah, so, you know, there's a lot of advertising agencies and PR firms that added it on because traditional PR has evolved and changed so much. Um, but, and there are certainly other agencies besides Oak Street Social. I do have a partner, her name's Carolyn Jones, and her and I have worked together for almost 20 years. So we've seen a lot of come and go, but I think the hardest thing about it is where some agencies are multi-focused, we're solely mm -hmm. niche in that one lane. So there's a different level of attention and resources dedicated just to that one thing. Um, I always like to say one day, my big dream is to be like the Leo Burnett of social media. Um, and I stick with that, you know, eight years later, but you know, things have changed. I mean, influencers are the new supermodel, the algorithms, I mean, 10 years ago, if you think about Instagram, you could post an image and people would like the heck out of it and you would gain followers. And that was called organic reach. None of that exists anymore. People don't see your content. So it's been a lot of like dodging, weaving and pivoting, but it's still such a fun place to be in because now everyone knows they need it. 
So I don't have to sell people on why social media is cool. <laughs> Absolutely. So in, like a talent agency, so are you focusing more on the brand or because you don't represent a roster of influencers, you're focusing more on, can you explain a little bit more of the, that element of it? Of course, yeah. So we are working with brands and helping them do a social audit, look at the competitive landscape, come up with an editorial calendar, come up with strategy, and then of course create that world of content and then execute it. We do influencer marketing, but I, we do not rep influencers. There are plenty of agencies that are really great at it. Um, that's not really where we want to sit. But if I have a supplement company that needs to work with five different ambassadors a year, we will manage the process, the creative brief, the negotiation, the contract. But yeah, I, I've been asked that before. Lord knows there's enough amazing influencers out there, including in Chicago, but that's definitely another direction that we're not going to go into. Yes. Got it. And yeah. then yourself, you're a blogger. And you have your own social media presence, which I love your page. And I actually love what you've been doing recently, which I want to get into. Mm -hmm. um, but you're also a mother of two gorgeous girls. Yeah. And you have a family of your own. So I want to hear from you kind of, because you're a workaholic like me. So I want to hear from you, what is it like to balance work and then have children and kind of do everything together and be able to balance those two worlds? Well... I think it's really hectic and chaotic and fun, but from the very beginning, I was always very career driven. So I was never afraid to ask for help. And I think now in 2021, that isn't taboo either. It's okay to admit if you need a mental health day, it's okay to ask for help. None of those things are. But, you know, when I started my career out of college, like, I remember people saying, well, when are you going to have kids? And then surely you'll quit working, right? And I was like, no, that was never part of my DNA. I come from a family of entrepreneurs. And I thought, well, I don't know why you can't have both. I have two children. I don't have a bevy. They are a full-time job. And there are times that I definitely have mom guilt. There are times where I have imposter syndrome. There are times I feel great about my mothering. And there are times where I'm like, oh, I don't think I did that great today. I think it's allowing yourself balance and forgiveness. There's no way to do anything perfect. And so I, I guess I set the bar way low for myself. I wasn't striving for perfection. I was striving for making sure my kids felt loved. And that's hard with social media because we're attached to our phones. Um, and so I don't know if it's a finite balance, but there's some really great days. And then I think there's a push-pull with work, you know, for my entire career of Oak Street Social, but gosh, when I was in sales before, it was not uncommon for me to have a laptop on my lap, even before children. So I think if you're really driven and you love something, you'll just do it, even if it means late nights. Um, you know, that Gary Vaynerchuk, he's a famous, famous social media leader figure on, on LinkedIn and beyond. He said something the other day, I'm going to butcher this, but he's like, you're not lazy. If you're feeling that way, it just means you're disinterested. Like don't call yourself lazy. If you're feeling that way and guilting yourself, it might just mean like what you're doing doesn't excite you. 
Mm -hmm. um, so I think that's really interesting. Like every day, Oak Street Social excites me. It's different. Motherhood's different. Every day's a challenge. And so, you know, there's a yin and a yang to it all. It's so inspiring just to hear because you're right. You're not aiming for perfection. As somebody yeah. who doesn't have kids yet and wants to have kids, but also I love my career. I'm constantly working. I can't imagine. You know, I can't. I have trouble just taking care of my dogs. <laughs> I, you know, once I add the kids to it, I'm like, how do these women do it? And I love watching people like you who can really balance the two, but it's, you're, it's nothing's ever going to be perfect. And you're just doing the best that you can. You're being the best mom that you can. You're loving, but then you're also doing your work. So thank you for being an inspiration to me for somebody who can show you, you don't have to give up your career in no, order to be a mother. No, you don't. And I think the best advice I could give to somebody is establish boundaries and do it early. I didn't. So there were times where I was trying to make dinner and maybe losing my temper with my kids because I wanted to get a contract out. And I was like, those aren't proud moments. And I think boundaries are something I learned later on in my life, but they're so important if you can learn them earlier. I'm such a people pleaser. So I have now learned in my 40s that it's okay to say, I'm going to get this to you, but it's going to be tomorrow morning or what, wow. which is hard, right? Because you think that's going to lose the deal. I'm laughing well, because I just had this conversation. Doesn't lose it. Because I am a people please, people pleaser too. And I, I don't like when I have anything in my inbox that's unread. Like I answer things immediately. And that's just like my MO is I'm just like, boom, boom, boom. So if something is like two hours later than I normally do, it's like late. Right. So I get it. I get it. But I'm sure, Jacqueline, you know, with the pandemic, right, you, I don't know how you feel, but like life slowed down, right? Because we almost were working more. And then you just need a mental break. So almost allowed me to get better at setting boundaries because I didn't want to stare at my computer for 18 hours or I mean that's that's an exaggeration but do you know what I'm saying totally. so there's a point where it was okay and I started to get more comfortable not with the rapid fire response because I'm the same way I want to respond right and sometimes instinctively you should wait maybe we're emotional maybe we need to think about it so there's some good and bad you know right and my mom, my mother always yells at me for this because I always like, what does she say? I always say start before you're ready. Like I'm always like do yeah. the thing right away. And yeah. she's the opposite where she kind of takes her time and she's a television producer. So she kind of, you know, she's a writer and she kind of takes her time, thinks it through. But especially even with emails, you're right. Like sometimes I'll just fire it off and I'll be like, shoot, you know what? I maybe should have thought about that a little bit more before I, <laughs> I went with that. There's something about checking it off your list. I don't know what sign you are, but I'm a Gemini and I like to check it yes. off the list. Yes, I'm Aries. It's the, you are so, oh my God. I yeah. love this. If you're right, it's just checking it off my list. And especially like confirms, like with castings, when I get a confirm, I said like for Christmas, if I could get a box of confirms, like that would make me so happy. Like where I could just check it off my list. Yeah, it's an amazing feeling. I think I read somewhere that, some, somewhere else that, you know, all these articles that like, you know, you create like your short-term goals and your long-term goals and maybe your short-term goals are like simply reading one article a day. It's just the action of checking it off your list. And sometimes that could pacify you while you're working on the other stuff. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Okay. So I want to talk about you and your social media 
So yeah. what you've been doing lately has been, I, I love it. You've been talking about your personal journey with IBS mm -hmm. and kind of mm -hmm. the bloat and all of that. So I have always believed that vulnerability is the power of connection. I mean, it is like being able to be vulnerable, especially on yeah. social media. Sure. That is the way that you are going to authentically connect and everything's about authenticity. Sure. So what made you kind of feel comfortable to be like, you know what, I'm going to let it all out there and kind of just share my story with the world. Like what was that turning point for you and mm -hmm. how did that go about? Cause that's not an easy thing to share. Mm. Well, I mean, there were a couple of things. It was a culmination of things. One, I'm not 20 anymore. And so I was kind of like, I can't compete with these young influencers. Like my style has evolved. I do have a full life. And I kind of felt like I, I wasn't really differentiating myself in any way. I was just another girl who had a passion for fashion outside of work and home and was posting cute outfits, right? Mm -hmm. And I was like, what? I mean, like, there's nothing unique. Like, what would stop the scroll? And now with social media, what would make someone compelled to want to follow me? What, what is that emotional connect in the storytelling process? They'd be like, she's my people. She's relatable. She gets it. And I talked about career, I talked about family, I talked about fashion, I talked about travel. Who isn't? Right. So I kept, and then I was in a little bit of competition with myself. I'm like, I want to grow. I want to grow now. I want to grow fast. I've been stagnated, specifically on Instagram. I've been doing this for a long time. How do I get there faster? So I decided to send an inquiry to someone who I know and trust who is a social media coach and who does represent influencers. And I said, listen, I know we're friends. I don't want to blur the line, but can I hire you? And this individual said, your numbers and your following isn't big enough for me to represent you. She's very honest but I will consult with you. And I don't normally take consultations. We can do it long-term. We can do touch points, but um, you're a friend of mine and I'm curious to hear what you have to say. So fast forward to last September, I sat on the phone with her and she's like, well, what do you think makes you different? And I couldn't answer her mm -hmm. at all. And I was like, I don't know. I'm just another mom who went for it, who, is lucky to still be in business in this crazy time. I love my husband. I love my family. I have a nice home. I love my city. Like what does make me different? And so then she started asking me questions about my past and things I struggled with. And we landed on this autoimmune disease. And I said, you know, I've, I've had a long trajectory with body dysmorphia and body imagery. It all stemmed from dance. If you want to know the truth, never my family or my parents or my upbringing. And this autoimmune disease makes your stomach bloated. I have IBS. And so that affects your body image. And then there was this like control with weight. And she's like, that's it. That's it. Other people have it. But if you can show people that there's a connection, it's relatable, you have good days, bad days, and guess what? You're gonna have to show your stomach. And I was like, and, and so we started to peel back the layers and we would have conference calls every 
um, two weeks and she started pulling apart everything I was doing. Don't do this. Don't do these hashtags. I like that image, but it's a little too pretty. Like, let's get gritty. Like, show the blow. Show the side that makes you the most vulnerable. And it was hard. And I do content creation for a living. It has taken me, it has now been seven months to get comfortable and to whip off content easily like I used to when I was just posting the pretty stuff. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of the journey on how I got there. And she was really supportive. And it was interesting. Like I lost a lot of followers. Some Chicago babes who I thought were my friends, like lost. Mm -hmm. And then it was like already being vulnerable on top of like a bit of an ego downturn, like a bruised ego. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, you know, I'm just gonna stay the course because I paid this woman. And I trust her. So why would I flush it down the toilet? And I did. And I may have lost followers, but my engagement, the amount of people that I have DMing me, sending me pictures, telling me their life story, telling their friends is like bar none, much higher than it was when I shared my favorite genes. Yep. And that's so not trying to do that. It just is woven into a different story. The other thing was there's such a movement for body posit positivity. I don't know why I'm getting tongue tied and inclusivity. Mm -hmm. And there's a big category for it. And it's really tremendous. There's amazing content creators, but there's not a lot of people. Cause I get this all the time. People are like, you're so tiny. What are you talking about? There's not a lot of people who are maybe more on the petite side, but are like hiding their stomach in ways with fashion and are coming out with this. It's a different kind of body positivity. And so once I started to see some traction, I said, all right, like I said, I'm, I'm going to be invested with this because I'm, I'm not growing the other way. And don't get me wrong. There are people in fashion and beauty who have amazing hooks and they are niche. It just, I didn't have one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, thank you for sharing that with everyone. Yeah. I love following and for some, you know, even though you are so small and tiny, like I suffer from bloat as well and you have to figure out how to style that. You do. You know, different ways. So I relate to it, I really do. And yeah. I find it very inspiring. Oh, um, Kind of moving along. So what would be your advice? Because you've been a content creator for a long time. So what would be your advice to other content creators? I guess I would say like, what's one thing that you would tell people to stop doing? Stop taking content that someone else has done and not putting your own spin on it. Be original, be you, and that might mean you have to peel back some layers, but I promise you there's so much reward in it. Stop looking at likes. They don't matter at all. Half the world can't see them. And stop looking at and complaining about the algorithms, and I fall prey to this too, um, and the metrics every moment of every day. Mm -hmm. You create great content and you show up every day or six days a week, whatever that cadence looks like for you and adopt all the tools that they're offering you like reels, like stories, et cetera, et cetera. You will grow, but the fast growth is gone. 
So you might as well enjoy what you're doing and not be late, be, be weighed down by the numbers of it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I think that's where we lose our way in our message. Cause we're like, if I could just create that reel that she did with the million hits, I would have it. And then what happens when you do create that and it's a copycat, it, it doesn't, it never pans out. Right. And I think a lot of people do do that. They're like, oh, that person went viral. Like I can make something just like that. And that's what they do. They mimic something versus making it right. You know, their own. Yeah. Um, And I ask this question a lot, but I just find it very interesting to hear different takes. So what does success mean to you in business and in life? Oh, um, that's so tough. I, I don't think anyone's ever asked me that question. I mean, success in life would mean that as I am aging, because I am going to be 43 this month, maybe that I will find- you look 25, but that's another thing. Bless your heart and Botox. But I will say, <laughs> I'll be the first to tell you, and I probably do. Um, in life, I guess it would be that we can, our my business can continue to grow so I can establish even more downtime as I get older so I can appreciate life older, but still get, as I get older, and still give my children the life that I had, which was including chair travel and and having this sort of carefree existence which is a little bit different now I mean we used to ride our bikes my husband and I always talk about this until it got dark and we went home for dinner now I would literally have a heart attack if my kids were out without me but it's a different world right so I mean I have a really great marriage I was married young I got divorced so I worked to get to this point and there isn't an ounce of regret. Where did you um, grow up? Are you from the North Shore? Mm-hmm. My parents are from Barrington. Okay. Yeah. So I think in life, it would be great if I could still operate and grow my business at the 50,000 foot level, but enjoy these precious moments that I'm only going to have with them being young for so much longer. I mean, my first daughter's hitting double digits in May and I don't know how we got here. Um, and then in business, you know, I think the definition of business might not necessarily be monetary, although it certainly is something I, I watch. It might be just truly like the fulfillment and more people walking around being like, I know who that Oak Street Social is. And I think some of that fulfillment might be just the clients that we garner over time by doing a really good job mm-hmm. and hiring great people. I love that. Those are yeah. great answers. Yeah. Okay. So now we're going to do our last segment, which I do every time. It's called Make Waves, a.k.a. Spilling the Tea. It's a game where okay. you the first thing that comes to your mind as soon as I ask the question. So it's improv and it's fast and it's fun. Are you ready? I am ready. <laughs> okay. Greatest single achievement in your career? Um, career like career. Career. Uh, I would say starting Oak Street Social with a close second being landing a legacy brand like Whirlpool. That was a pretty big day for us. <laughs> Biggest inspiration? 
Um, my grandmother, she's 101, soon to be 102. Oh my goodness. Thank so much. She is incredible. Um, and my other second inspiration is I am, uh, we are surrounded by so many incredible, powerful women in Chicago. Of course, my clients that are females too. I think it's such an exciting time to be a career woman. Um, so I am constantly inspired by the companies people start and their ideas and creativity. I, I just think it's super exciting. I do too. Best advice someone gave you? Um, stop worrying what other people think because it ain't your business. Yeah. <laughs> Guilty pleasure. Oh, um, I would say chocolate and wine together. <laughs> Milk chocolate or dark chocolate? Milk. Black. Dark chocolate. I don't care if it's healthier. I don't want <laughs> Same. Hidden, do you have a hidden talent? No, I don't know. <laughs> it's like, um, I can still pirouette. Does that count? <laughs> yeah, that does. <laughs> um, favorite spot in Chicago? Spot? Oh, well, I think like so many Chicagoans, we appreciate food. We love new cuisines. Um, that's so hard to narrow down because it's almost like if you ask a Chicagoan where to eat, Right. That spot, we're like, well, what do you want? Do you want people? Do you want Thai? <laughs> um, I would say um, I'm going to go the food route. And I would say Tanta is still one of my favorite. I spots. don't know what that is. Where is that? Um, it's, it's uh, I think it's Peruvian. It's on La Salle by Maggiano's, like La Salle. Okay. And my husband and I ate at this, the original Tanta in South America and when we traveled. So it has a real soft spot for us. Wow. And then but last- Go there. Go there. Yes. I'll have to take my fiance. And then last question for you. Biggest splash you've ever made? I'm going to say in life. So define splash. So that's really up to interpretation because the, the the podcast is called make waves so splash can be like oh. something like a big risk that you've taken in life it could be like a personal thing it could be a business decision it could be pretty much anything that means like a big move that you've made in life that's changed your life okay well then i think the first thing that comes to mind and i don't want to position this in a negative light would be my divorce yeah. So I got married at 25. I got married or divorced three years later. And it was the biggest splash because it was life changing. It changed me into being a different human, a better human being, more empathetic, appreciating the small things, appreciating the people that stood by me, my parents. So like I would be in a very different place had I stayed. And that was a bold move because if, that is a bold move because a lot of women can feel stuck or scared to kind of change and get out of that. So the fact that you were able to make that decision and move on. And, and it's, it's so tough. And so many of us were just in these long-term relationships and everyone was getting married 
And I, I think in my heart, I shouldn't have done it. And I knew I shouldn't have done it um, because I wasn't ready. I was doing it for the wrong reasons. Like I didn't want to be the last one. And I, right. You know, you, and so leaving was really taboo. Everyone was starting to think about babies. And I was like, I think I'm going to peace out. So, uh, it, it really has shaped me to who I am. And so I'm very grateful for that opportunity. Surprisingly. Yes. I love that. I think that's so inspiring for other people to hear. Well, you are a girl boss. You are Aww. so inspiring. And I'm so lucky to have you on this show and on this podcast. Where can everybody follow you? Thank you so much for having me and for the kind words. So I think where I spend the majority of my time is Instagram. So I'm Joe Grange on Instagram and my company is Oak ST Social. Um, and if I'm not on Instagram, I'm probably on LinkedIn for business. But um, those are the two channels that I spend far majority of my time. I do have a blog, as you mentioned, it's joannagrange.com. And I'm just really grateful for the listen and anyone tuning in. So thank you. Well, everyone, please make sure to go follow her. She's incredible. And check out her business and her amazing, gorgeous family. I love seeing your little girls. Um, I love it all. So thank you so much for joining and we'll talk to you soon.